Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 55, recorded on Thursday 9th of June 2011. You can't say, people are going to shoplift anyway, let's get rid of the tills. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. Well, hello and welcome to This Week in Lotus, episode 55. I'm Stuart McIntyre from Collaboration Matters, and as usual, I'm joined by Darren Duke. Hi there, Darren. Stuart, hello. Hello, how are you this week? Episode 55. That's got to mean something in Chinese. <laughs> I'm sure it does. That doesn't have an 8 in it. That's, that's what we always tend to get uh, to hear about what it means in Chinese. So, um, so how are things with you? Are you busy this week? I am just deciding when I can now upgrade all my computers to Windows 7 64-bit. Oh, of course, because we have connectors at last. We do. So that's some good news. And now I've got a planet so that I don't leave myself computerless. <laughs> Because <laughs> um, it's not an upgrade. I can't go from Windows 7.32 to Windows 7.64. It's a complete reinstall, but I really want 8 gig of memory. <laughs> yeah, I think you need it too for the stuff you, you try and run most of the time. So that's really good news, actually. Windows that isn't even on our list for this week, so it's good we got that out there. I was going to add it. Yeah, I was going to add it. Excellent. Well, this week we're joined by um, Gab Davis of Turtle Partnership. Hi there, Gab. Hi, morning. Good morning. How are you, Gabriella? Yes, I'm doing very well. Thanks. Had a busy week. Excellent. So you're off on an island, aren't you? Somewhere exotic? I am. I'm, yes, very <laughs> exotic. I'm on Isle of Wight. We're camping for the music festival this weekend. Excellent. That sounds sounds good. Do you want to tell us what you do for Turtle Partnership? Okay, so I, I mostly do infrastructure, design, implementation, security stuff for Lotus products and, and, and a lot of the WebSphere-based Lotus products as well. So I've been doing a lot of work with same time um, in the last year and especially in the last week. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I do. And, of course, you speak at Lotusphere and UK Lug and many other places besides. I do, and I'm currently writing a book with Marie Scott and Tom Duff, uh, the same time admin guide, which is due out this September. We're just finishing up the first draft. Excellent. Wow, that's exciting. I look forward to that coming out. We've obviously got the user guide already, but it'll be good to have the admin one too. And, and isn't there a prison in the Isle of Wight? Yes, there is. You know, we, we, we drove past a sign that said Sainsbury's left, prison right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the prison every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I hope you have a good weekend down there, Gab. Um, Thank you. Also joined by Adam Brown of uh, Business Partner ISW in Australia. How are you, Adam? I'm very good, thanks, Stuart. Thanks for inviting me on again. That's great. Thank you for joining us. I know it's probably very late in the day there, so thanks for staying up late for us. Do you want to tell us yeah, what you no do for ISW? Yeah, sure. I'm one of the uh, directors, so I guess my role is really the, the technical direction of the company. So 
helping choose which technologies we're going to bring into the business to take to our clients and then helping enable our, our technical team and helping our clients understand which solutions will help them meet their objectives. Great. Well, thank you again for being on the show. It's great to have you back on. We've, we've had you on before, but we've got some exciting news to discuss a little bit later on. But we'll start with Gab. Do you want to um, just take us through same time 852? It was shipped last week, wasn't it? A little bit early? It shipped a week early. Um, it should ship on the 9th. It shipped on the 1st. Um, and it's it's a, a big overhaul from 851 and certainly from 85. We have a, a couple of, well, several new components that were there in 851. Um, and some new features that have kind of been turned on from customer requests, which are very welcome. So um, the new, we'll talk a bit about the new features. Uh, we have a couple of things. The most important thing is obviously the availability of audio and video through a firewall. Uh, we had an issue run up until eight, um, through 851 that the SIP connector, the media manager, which managed audio and video, uh, wouldn't work if your machine was on a different network. So it worked beautifully if you wanted to do a web conference with someone sat next to you, but didn't work terribly well if you wanted to talk to someone outside of your office. So they fixed that with 852, and it's actually very neat. They've introduced something called a turn server to handle that traversal. Um, and to call it a server is, is, is to... Um, give it a very grandiose title. It's basically a jar file that you run in a, in a <laughs> command window. Um, you, you copy the folder and you type in the path to the Java executable from your WebSphere or Notes install and it just runs and you point all your audio video from Media Manager, Media Manager to basically use that as a reflector. And it works really, really well. The quality of audio and video is vastly improved in 852, not just through the firewall, but internally as well. Um, so it, it makes it a very exciting uh, offering for people now, makes it a very competitive product. They've also um, enabled audio and video through a browser, which we didn't have. So now instead of using the same time client, you could have entirely web-based meetings that include audio and video um, and multi-way audio and video. And what, what they're using is um, voice-activated switching. So basically, the meeting detects who's speaking and switches the camera to them. So it's really important that you mute your mic <laughs> when you're in a meeting and you're not speaking. Um, but it's, um, I've been very impressed with it. They've worked really hard um, on the audio and video elements and on the web audio and video elements, and I think it's a, it's a good solution. Um, and then the other new component, which hasn't been talked about very much, um, is the Network Bandwidth Manager. So what they've done is they've introduced a new optional server component to allow you to control um, the amount of traffic that's been taken up by audio and video, how many concurrent calls there are going to be, um, who can use the calls, what what happens if you already have the maximum number of video calls you want to have running. So it's going to allow people to tune their environment so they don't suddenly get swamped by a lot of audio and video activity. Excellent. So that sounds pretty comprehensive then. It sounds like the audio and video is, is sort of caught up with, with many of the offerings you can get online now for, for web conferencing. It, it really has. And we... We, we actually, because we're like this, timed connections, comparing it with things like Skype. Um, and even across networks, different offices, different hotel rooms, we're connecting in less than five seconds uh, with a really 
high-quality audio and video multi-way calls. So I've been really impressed with what they've done. Um, and as I said, I've in the weeks since it's shipped, um, I've done four and a half installs for different people, and the installation process is much, much improved as well. Sorry, Gab, going from like 851 to 852, is, is, what sort of efforts involved in that? So there are... Um, the key thing is the... Well, there are databases that you put in place on DB2 for things like the system calls on the meeting server. There are upgrade batch files you can just run on the installers that will upgrade the databases to the new versions. Um, so you can upgrade from 851 to 852, uh, and the process is there for you to do it. I won't lie. Um, I personally, my option would be to install clean if I could and move the databases over and upgrade the databases rather than install over the top of 851. But that's usually my preference in web environments anyway. Um, but certainly the functionality is there for you to be able to upgrade. The key thing and one of the reasons why I wouldn't um, with 851, they had an issue. Um, if you know WebSphere, everything has to be installed inside a cell. Well, with 851, if you installed multiple servers on the same machine, they all had to have their own cells. So you had tons, you know, four or five deployment managers you were handling, and it became a real pain to kind of manage each different server. And they fixed that in 852. Now you can install everything into the system console cell. Um, so it becomes a much better management environment. So the fact that they've, they've fixed yeah. that infrastructure issue between 851 and 852, I think justifies rebuilding and bringing the databases over and upgrading them rather than installing over the top. I was, I was just going to say, I know that a lot of our clients have been hanging out for the um, NAT traversal feature ever, ever yeah. since I think it was sort of mentioned that Logosphere is something that they were working towards. and. It's certainly been challenging, you know, if you, you know, exactly as you say, if you're in the same building or on the same network, you used to be able to have voice and, and video, but there's not much point because you can just meet with each other. But, you know, anyone that was in a remote office, it was always challenging. So to have that fixed now really makes it compelling. And I know I've got two or three clients that have, have just been hanging out for it. So, so it's an awesome, awesome feature. Yeah, it is. And it's not, I mean... There are a lot of components involved in 852, but it doesn't consume a huge amount of resource, depending on what you're doing. Um, you know, a pilot install I've done on a single machine with four processors and four gig of RAM, which may sound like a lot, but when you're running six different servers on it, and it will do that. And obviously, if you're going to be doing a lot of audio and video, you need to think about where you're putting things. But... Once the servers are up and running, even though every meeting you create is persistent, it's not actually taking up resources unless someone goes in there. Um, and the other piece which I want to mention is Same Time Advanced. Same Time Advanced has a new version of 852. And for someone, I mean, I spent probably three months when Same Time Advanced first shipped trying to get all the components to tie together. It was really spit and string. Um, to try and get them all to tie together and install. The install for Test Centum Advanced on 852 is ridiculously simple. It's just one simple server install. Uh, you don't even install WebSys separately. It does it all for you. It's incredibly easy and it integrates with all the other components. And I think uh, it makes Centum Advanced much more compelling uh, because the management of it and the installation and maintenance is so much better than it was. 
And speaking of advanced, is it still the same four additional options? Yes, it's still broadcast communities. So you have skill tap and announcements of polls and broadcast communities. You have the screen show, which actually uses the A52 meeting service. So it's a bit like doing an instant meeting, but without a meeting center. You just do the screen sharing, application sharing part of it, which is very slick and it uses the same exactly the same code. It pulls it from the meeting centre so it's all tied together. Uh, and then the persistent chat rooms. Um, and there's always been features that really integrate and, and enhance Centom itself. But I, I'm not sure, and in my experience, customers have been reluctant to take on Centrum Advance because its infrastructure was so separate from Centrum and frankly such a pain to maintain. Uh, and they've made such a huge leap forward it's certainly something I'm going to be talking to customers about because I think it really, it plugs all the social networking gaps. You know, we have instant messaging and we have meetings, but what advanced does is it allows you to create, create real-time communities. Um, and that's something that we don't have. Obviously, we've got sections where we have communities, but the ability to have real-time discussions and real-time expert searching and looking for questions and conversations, I think is really powerful. And it completes that nice, better product. Well, and I think taking that a step further, you, you can actually connect a same-time advanced persistent chat room to a connections community, or at least you used to be able to. I guess that's still there. Uh... Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I, yes, you can. Yeah. In the same way, you can have a quickie, yeah. And it's really, it's extremely clever because most of people can subscribe to communities they're interested in. And that way, when I send a broadcast question or a poll or whatever to the community, it just notifies the people who are signed on and who are members of that community. So you're only involving, people can opt in and engage with the communities to their own level. They don't, they're not, worried that they're constantly going to be bombarded with messages popping over their screen. They can choose communities they engage with and what they want to be notified about. And you can do the great thing that when you rejoin, when you sign on, if you've been away for a couple of days, you can view all of the real-time activity that's happened in your interested communities while you've been offline. So by itself, it's, it's a difficult product to explain, but completing the picture of connections at the same time is the matching of meetings. Sent on advance is, is a very powerful offering. So do you have quite a few customers that are running same time advance then? Because, uh, you know, I, I haven't come uh, across any. No, I, I, this is what I'm saying. This is the sad thing. I have a couple that are running same time advance. But most customers, when they look at it, because it was the first real WebSphere-based same time offering that customers looked at because they had Gateway, but not that many people got Gateway because you didn't do much to it. It just installed and it ran there. The same time on France required, you know, it had the databases and, you know, it had all the web screen components and it had the broker. Um, it was just too much. Well, we talked to customers about it, especially same-time customers who were only running Domino with same-time on top. They'd look at all these elements of same-time advance and go, no, we don't want that. So I think the powerful thing with 852 is, is twofold. One, we already have a web infrastructure in place for same time 852. And Centron Advanced now just installs on that like the meeting server or the proxy server it just sits alongside them. So it's not this separate, overly complex thing that you have to maintain separately. 
So this is why I think it's very interesting. I think customers have been interested in the past, but the commitment in terms of infrastructure maintenance was too high. And that's not true with 852 anymore. So I think it's, I'm hoping that customers will be able to look at this for more interest, and I'm certainly going to talk to more people about it again. Excellent. So has the advanced product actually been updated or is it just kind of a, a version number change? And, and what's happening to the Gateway product now? Has that been updated with this with this new release? The advanced product has been updated and it runs on Webster 7 and they've changed it quite okay. a lot. Like I said, the, the um, screen sharing, application sharing actually comes from the same time they have to Webster gotcha. based meeting. Yep. So what they've done is they've leveraged a lot of stuff that they know is already there in your same time infrastructure to run the same time advanced, which makes same time advanced a much more simplistic product. So it doesn't need the broker and all these other elements that it had previously. Um, it's just using the uh, DB2 database and right. the same Webster install that Systems Console uses. So it has nothing else that it requires. So it becomes a, a much simpler, they've re engineered it completely. Right. Gotcha. And obviously, because because of that, if you log into the system console now, you have community server, meeting server, media server, proxy server, and same time advanced server. So they all manage together on the same screen through the same management interface. Um, the gateway, um, but now you've caught me because gateway isn't really thing. I think, I know gateway runs on WordPress server now, but it's not part of the integrated product. What happens is, you install Gateway still as a standalone product, but they've given you a batch script that will register it with a system console, so then you can manage it from the system console. So the Gateway has been re-engineered to a much lesser degree. They've basically enabled it to run on WebSmith 7 and given a, a batch file so you can register it with a system console so you can manage it alongside everything else. But the, the central advance is a much more significant structural change. Not so much in the way of features, um, but I think the features of Central Advanced, as you say, there weren't that many, uh, I could be wrong, but I don't think there were that many Central Advanced customers. Um, and yet, with the progress that's been made in the connections customer base, and there are so many more connections customers out there than when Central Advanced shipped, like I said, it's a complementary product to sit alongside same time and connections but pro provide real-time social networking and knowledge finding. It now has a place, um, which I think is much more interesting for customers. Great. And, of course, the, the Lotus name got dropped with this release, didn't it? So it's IBM same time. Do you see any sort of implications to that? Do you see any customers asking why that branding's changed, or do you just see it as, as you know, business as usual? Uh, honestly, I mean, no. I have had no customers ask why the branding changed. I mean, I think... I don't have any customers that refer to it as Lotus same time. You know, they all just called it same time. They don't even know the IBM thing is there. So I really don't think customers <laughs> know the drop in the word Lotus. Um, most of them are fixated on the idea of, well, now we have to think about Webfair. Because for those that aren't already connected with customers, the majority of same time customers, this is their first foray into implementing Webfair. Uh, and for same time administrators who are primarily domino administrators, this is a new um, step. So I think there's been probably a lot more <coughs> nervousness about that. In terms of the branding, no, I've heard nothing. No customers raised it. So I, I think it's a bit of a non-issue. I hope it is. 
and and I'll, I'll let go Gab. I think everyone just knows at the same time. And Ad, Adam, how are you getting on with same time out in Australia? Have you got um, a good number of customers now on on eight five? Do you see eight five two as being a big release? Yeah, we do. Like we've got quite a few clients. We've actually, interesting enough, sold a client about a month ago, same time advanced, and so they saw the value in those extra four features. I think one of the things that has been holding it back is the um, NAT traversal. As I said before, you know, a lot of people have wanted to use it for the audio and video capabilities and and it's just been limited. Um, so, you know, we're really happy to see that resolved. Um, a lot of the times, you know, clients start with just the, the same time entitlement they get with their notes and domino. Um, but over time, they decide to step up to have the, the meeting and web conferencing experience with same time standards. So, yeah, it's um, it has a good good traction here. And, and um, it's probably, you know, if we look across the... the Lotus or the ICS portfolio, you know, same time is probably one of the growing ones. Excellent. And, you know, if we move on to Australia, Adam, um, there's been some news in the press about some sort of fairly high profile customers moving away from IBM in Australia. Do you still see plenty of demand for, for Lotus products, Lotus development solutions you build on top of the, the infrastructure in your geography? Yeah, look, we do. I mean, it, you know, there have been some high profile cases. There was Westpac. Uh, recently announced that they were migrating off. There was um, SPOSnet. It's it's always interesting uh, reading some of the things. Like I know in the SPOSnet case, I mean I, I'm, I haven't been involved in these clients, so you don't really understand the inner workings of them and some of the reasonings. But I know that some of the media reported that they one of the reasons was the fact that they had you know, a high cost around mobile devices and that they need to buy additional server licenses for that. And I'm like, well, if that's the case, you're obviously on, say, client server licensing rather than CEO or express licensing where, where you have to pay for servers. And and to me, you know, potentially they're just not on the right licensing model or, or they haven't been educated properly. But, yeah, I, I think that, I mean, interestingly enough, um, I mean, our, our notes domino practice, um, we, we, we report with IBM every year the sort of licensing and net new that we do, and our notes domino practice uh, last calendar year grew by about, I think it was 187%. So, you know, we had a significant growth in, in net new licensing, and that was a combination of clients that are growing um, and, you know, they need more users, as well as a combination of, of a few new ones. I think one of the problems is that maybe IBM isn't quite as good as Google or Microsoft at, at getting the, the public case studies, you know, like we've got some, some good good accounts that have, have done it, um, but they're, they're not that open to the, you know, public case studies that, that it seems some of the others are. Um, but then as far as the, the rest of the lowest practice, I mean, if we look at connections, it's, it's just going from strength to strength. Certainly our portal business is growing constantly and at our same time, you know, we, we get more demand for the same time. So we're not finding a huge growth around quicker. Um, we've got a few clients that use it, a few clients that have bought, say, the CEO Enhanced Collab bundles where you get same time and quicker together. And, and typically they're often doing that for same time and they've got an interest in quicker. Um, but... We're probably finding now with connections, connections is probably taking a lot of that market from away from quicker, I think, and and it is really 
storming the market. I mean, we've got, I mean, June is turning out to be an incredibly busy month, um, as I mean, June June always is. But, but um, you know, we've got three fairly large connections um, opportunities that, that I'm pretty confident are going to close this month, which is great. So, you know, our overall Lotus practice is definitely growing. Is notes and domino growing? Look, I think it's growing organically. I, I don't think it's, um, you know, going as hard and, as the others. Um, I think that from ISW's perspective, we've probably grown our market share, but we've probably also grown our client base a bit as well. So, yeah. And, and it kind of touched on something Adam said earlier, which was about having to pay for PVUs to run Traveller on. That, that's something we hear quite a lot from customers on, on PVU license and grumble about because depending on the product, you kind of get Domino for free. So same time, that includes Domino to run it on. Um, you know, Quicker includes Domino to run it on. If you give me travel for free, how free is it if I have to pay for a server? And so we, we do kind of hear a lot of grumbling around that when when the, the customer believes that they're free and clear to run Traveller but then when we like, no, you need anywhere between 50 to 140 PVUs, depending on what you put it on, you know, that, that, that's, that can stop a traveler conversation pretty quick. And, and I've never quite understood. My hope was when Traveller first came out that the, the license to run Traveller on as far as Domino would be free, but that was never the case. Um, you know, it would give them a bit of an advantage over BlackBerry, which could be why they didn't do that or maybe it's to fund the development of traveler right we're going to fund mm-hmm. development of traveler by charging for pvu so I, I can see the business case around it it's just unfortunate that several customers both public and private have have used this now as as as, as the public excuse to get off which i don't think traveler really is the reason Secondary. i think it's a case Darren, okay, that- i think it's a case Darren, that some of the i you know client server licensing you know, to me is the is almost the legacy way of licensing. If we if we're selling new notes domino, we never sell client server licensing. We're either selling Collaboration Express or we're selling CEO licensing. Yeah. Um so yeah, I think it's great. a bit of a, a legacy issue where some of the clients that have been a client for a decade or whatever that used to be on the the old, you know, um, client licensing and, and, and messaging or enterprise um, servers. They're, they're sort of stuck almost because then, you know, it's a, a question of whether there's a cost-benefit to move to the other licensing model or not, and, and sometimes there is and sometimes there isn't. Um, so, you know, we had another instance of a client just recently, just in, um, just in May, that wanted to go towards Traveller, and they've, for many years now, considered going from, they, they were on client server license. In fact, they were one of our first notes clients, would you believe? I, I was just thinking back, They and in fact, my, my first project out of university um, about 16 years ago now was implementing notes domino for this client. How about that? That was cool. And what they were doing, they're a shipbuilding company. And they had a requirement back then in 1990, I think it was 1996, um, to transmit drawings or like or, you know CAD drawings of boats, ship ship drawings between here and one of their shipyards in Hong Kong. And Telstra, who's the you know sort of the dominant telco in Australia, 
was telling them, oh, what you need is this great big pipe. You know, you need to set up a big pipe where you can connect your network and transfer your files across. And we said, well, no, I don't think you need that. And we sold them Notes Domino. We built them a very basic Notes database where they could uh, replicate over a 28K <laughs> modem between here and Hong Kong. Um, in fact, just over the internet via like a VPN and they'd replicate these drawings back and forth. So that, that's really interesting. That's where they started. And here we are 15 years later and they um, wanted to, you know, probably the last three or four years they've reviewed their licensing to see whether they could justify moving to Express rather than client server. Um, and it was just now because they wanted to implement Traveller that they were they had a need to buy an additional server and so we did the sums and over a two or three year period it made sense for them to move to express so they did so i think it's a case that it's a bit of a legacy licensing model i think client server i, I doubt very much many people sell it now as new i think most people buy express or ceo i can't remember the last time we sold a brand new customer pvu and per seat domino but the difficulty is, is, is if I've got this investment, why as a customer, and this is a customer asking, this is not Darren Duke being himself. This is a question we get asked all the time is, why should I, as a 10, 15 year IBM customer, have to then pay three times more to get to the license scheme, which really should have been around back then. And that's really what I should have been sold instead of being railroaded. And, and that's what I don't get about all of this hoo-ha around what, why should Express change and, and that kind of thing. I'm, I'm with Adam. You know, I, I'm, I'm pretty vocal about my dislike of PVUs. PVUs of, of, of the devil's spawn. It causes more problems than it's worth. It scares the crap out of customers. It scares them off because they see these massive numbers. Um, you know, we had one customer that was looking to move from an i-series to a quad-core Dell, called IBM and said, what do we need to do? And IBM said, you need to send us $32,000 in additional PVU licenses. The next question was to call a Microsoft partner. So it's, it's stuff like this that the PVU licensing mechanism causes knock-ons, which is what's causing a, a lot of this perceived runaway from notes. And, and I don't think IBM is in a position to fix it because I don't think they have a political will. They're making money hand over fist. Why change it? So, yeah, moving on to you, Gab, um, I, I think earlier on you were agreeing with Darren or, or you know, certainly suggesting that you see more selling of CEO and, and express licensing now rather than the PVU model. Is that what you see in your business? Absolutely. I mean, um, pretty much all licensing we've done for the last few years has been CEO. Um, the only people we have that still have PVU are customers that bought PVU many years ago and don't want to take on the cost of upgrading to CEO. And also, don't want to, the worst one, unfortunately, customers who bought PVU many years ago and could now buy Express, but they can't transition over. They'd, they'd have to throw out. Um, the the Traveller thing, I think, is a bit of an issue because Traveller's a fantastic product, and it's free. And it's true that the Domino license isn't free. But I think there's, there's a, it's a difficult case to make. They can't give it all away for free. And I think we all know that if a Domino license for Traveller was free, then people would be running other things on that Domino license as well as Traveller. And now you're giving away free Domino. Um, so I... I find it very difficult when people complain there's not enough free. 
that they like the free product and it's great and they'd love to use it. But do they really have to spend money on putting it on a dedicated box? Because it doesn't have to go on a dedicated box. But even if you're a PVU customer, you could deploy Traveller if you've got the licensing in a box in place. It doesn't insist you have to buy a new license. Um, so I, I struggle with that argument because I think people get very excited about the idea of free and then don't want to pay anything. And, and Domino's a very powerful product, and it has to be funded. Um, and they've done some fantastic stuff to the Domino server engine, and all of that development has to be paid for some way. So I, I, I think along that line, Ed's posting earlier this week talking about express licensing and removing the restrictions on express licensing had led to some people becoming very creative about how they buy licenses and how they deploy them or what they do with them. And it is a very fine line, I think, they walk in trying to provide more features for smaller customers and additional features at no cost, but also not cannibalizing their own license costs because there are plenty of RBN products, I'm sure, will make RBN much more money than Domino without it being given away for nothing. I think that that's a reasonable point. You know, I, I, I certainly see Domino as being tremendously powerful and tremendously good value. I think the issue is where licensing is felt to be unfair or inflexible or, you know, not suitable, not relevant for a customer's needs. And I, I kind of feel that's where we are with PVUs, is that I can't imagine a customer oh, yeah. who is benefiting from being on PVUs and users, uh, and no. sorry, clients, rather than being on users. So therefore, it would make almost sense to just, you know, get rid of PVUs and, and clients and cows, although Ed, I know, did a lot of work on cows last year and the year before, but and just move to a per-user basis where effectively Traveller then really is free, uh, you know, and, and you can deploy as many servers as you need to, to cope with the number of users you have, and it just seems like a much more satisfactory licensing model for everybody to be using. And at the smaller end of a business, these companies, they may have 100 PVUs, but they're probably running five or six Domino servers anyway. And because IBM is really, really reticent to throw anyone to the license and police that doesn't owe them $5 million, it be, kind of comes a bit of a joke. But you, you're umming and ahhing about changing the license because of you may affect revenue for customers that really aren't paying you the revenue anyway, except your 100 PVUs. I'm honest. <laughs> On this planet. You can't say that. You can't say people are going to shop this anyway, so let's just get rid of the till. <laughs> no, my point is, if, 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 IBM, if IBM is sending out renewals for 100 PVUs, how many people on this planet still have a single core P4? Um, some of my customers. Yeah, maybe a small one. A very yeah, but... small one. To be, to be fair, most of the customers that I would PVUs, they've been from um, IBM hardware. It's the iSeries customers or customers running AIX because they came in via hardware sales, which is all PVU-based. You know, in my experience, customers that came in via software sales were sold CEOs. And, and that, that is a valid point, but the guy that was sold 100 PVUs for an old 520 10 years ago now is running their Domino infrastructure on a, you know, eight-way IBM X series, yep. and yet Renewal still sends them out 100 PVUs. If the Renewal reps would just pick the freaking phone up and ask, how, what are you running on today? IBM could make so much more money, but they refuse to do that. They just want to have the, P, the PDF generator send them out. Let the attack dogs go. That, that, 
going by bugging cars and you're wrecked to go calling customers. Mm. It just confuses them. <laughs> the worst thing in my world is a customer going, I've had three people from IBM call me this week. They're all offering different deals. Well, that is that is a valid point. I need to be careful what I ask for. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think you know something I was reminded of this week is sometimes how we jump into jargon on this podcast and say so just just to kind of back out a little bit. So the, the, this oh, to yeah. some extent comes from Ed Bill's post this week on edbill.com about the fact they've made the Domino um, Express licensing, which is for small businesses less than a, a thousand uh, employees. Um, they've made them much more flexible. So now a lot of the um, the things you couldn't do on those Domino Express licenses, you now can. You can now cluster. You can now use directory assistance to allow users in from other directories. And for, for me, that makes those licenses <laughs> so much, bless you, so much more powerful and so much more useful. And I always felt like those licenses prohibited people doing stuff with Domino which made Domino great, you know, the clustering yeah. model in Domino makes it so good. So why stop users from doing it just because the licensing model, you know, says they shouldn't. And so I think those moves that Ed made to simplify those licensing models made a lot of sense. But it now sounds like the lawyers are stepping in and saying that um, that there are some problems with that because some of the business partners are making it a little bit more. They're trying to avoid those um restrictions on some of the old licensing models and use the express instead and and darren you know i can imagine that that you along with most business partners think that's perfectly fair because what you know, our job as partners as well as selling ibm licenses is to give the best value to our customers we possibly can right yeah i'm, I'm an, at the end of the day my sole job in this world is to be an advocate to a paying sts customer and if my advocacy includes studying the license agreement, because I'm pretty sure I, I know the license agreement far better than most people on this planet as far as Domino goes. If, if that means studying that license agreement and determining what is black, what is white, and what is gray, and then telling my customer in the best faith which way they should go in order to save them money, which hopefully they will spend more with me if they save it, or they'll spend more on IBM hardware, who knows, whatever. But at the end of the day, my job is to provide value to my customer, and that is one way we do that. That's, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Aaron as well. Like, I don't find it unusual at all. I, this has been happening for years. This, this recent change is nothing new to me. Like, we, you know, we've had scenarios where, you know, a client's had say, same time, and then they've, you know, moved to CEO Enhanced Collab to get quicker as well. And effectively, they've bought the new licenses. But overall, it was a better approach for whatever reason. And uh, to me, you're absolutely right. One of the values that partners bring is making sure that clients are, you know, maximizing the return that they get from their investment and and part of that is ensuring that they're on the right licensing model for for the business that they're running um i i don't find it i i was quite surprised and i, I commented on ed's blog to, to that effect that you know i think it's a good thing surely to move clients onto licensing models that suits them better and if you know sometimes it adds up and sometimes it doesn't um, so, you know, it becomes a, a financial and business decision as to which license model to move to. If, if you didn't have that ability to swap, if, if it made sense, then why have different licensing models? Why not just have one license model? 
okay, so the, the, the problem I see, let, let's, let's take a customer this happened with. So I, I had a customer that were um, workplace customers, believe it or not. And so and when IBM killed workplace, they gave them something like 950 seats of Domino Express messaging, which gets really, really close to the 1,000 seats of what you're allowed. So within two years, they add 50 more people to their organization. The renewal comes out, and boom, they get hammered because now they're over 1,000 seats. Why isn't there an upgrade skew or an upgrade value instead of me having a special bid that once I hit 1,001 employees, I can move easily from express to CEO or vice versa, backwards and forwards. Surely the, 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 the last four years has proved that businesses can get smaller as well as bigger in, in kind of big chunks very quickly. And why isn't the licensing flexible enough to allow me to move in and out as my business needs make that? And I don't think IBM provide that today. No, I would agree. I've had the same thing with Express customers. I'm the Express customer that wanted to use directory systems. And we had to go through a special bid process to try and move their licensing off of it, which before they removed the restriction, to remove their licensing off of the Express onto CEO. And it just became prohibitively expensive for them to be enabled this one single feature um, because their parallel license scheme they haven't been designed, I don't believe, for you to move between mm. them. And I agree with Dan, I think that's a huge mistake. It's you're actually encouraging customers to rethink their licensing strategy and their products. Because it gives them an excuse them, to go elsewhere, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. When you say to people, the license you've got is worth nothing, now because we have this much money, they're going to go, well, let me think who I can give that much money to. We, we, you know, it's, and it's not small amounts, right? So for me to do directory yeah. assistance, let's let's say I want to do type ahead from a, a, an external directory. Oh yeah, you can do that. Just fifty grand. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean words. That that was in the past. You can do it now, yeah. but I still think as I said, there's there's an issue when customers get to a certain size. Why should they be picking up the other things to express that? that Again, just matches that renewal date for express licenses are exactly 12 months after the purchase date, not on the anniversary. So we've had customers that go on to their rigors and say, we've employed another 10 people, so we'll get another 10 express. And each month we'll get, you know, 10 or 5 or 15 express. So they end up renewing all year round. And, and you, and you so can fix that. We actually yeah, work yeah. we, you, you can get it sorted, but it's a lot less <laughs> to get it sorted in a way that it's not an effort if they're doing CEO. But that that's standard passport advantage, isn't it? I don't think that's, that's no, anything that, different. That's passport advantage uh, express, which is okay. different yeah. passport advantage. Uh, the other the other place I've seen this is is yeah there's a cheaper method of licensing which is messaging express isn't there which is just for you know uh, email and calendar and and contacts and again if if yeah. a customer then deploys their first bespoke application say idea jam or whatever they've then got to jump from messaging to collaboration across the board for all their users which again can be that step up that then costs them so much they go and look elsewhere as well so there needs to be an easier way of transitioning from one to the other and I guess IBM would say well, or special bid it which for again those that aren't in the know that's that's a method of discounting but you know going through those hoops makes customers think well there might be a better alternative out there let's go and have a look which, which is always not a problem fast. I, 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 to, I, to be fair i mean I, you know 
I'm not scared of customers having another look. You yeah. know, I think the products stand up against anything out there. But I also don't think that you should be forcing customers into strategic reviews because of your licensing. I completely agree. And, and then the other thing that just dropped out of that is I don't think it's just business partners either that are, that are looking at this licensing. You know, customers are looking at it themselves, but also IBMers do this a lot. You know, I've seen a lot of IBM salesmen who, you know, they get compensated, rewarded, whatever, on net new license. And therefore, the opportunity to transition a user from one licensed model to another is a tremendous one for them because they get rewarded on that net new um, license. You know, they don't get rewarded on renewals. Therefore, it's a better way of them doing it. So I think. You know, to, to pull up a business partner for blogging about this perhaps wasn't particularly fair because I think IBM have been doing it all along. Yes, they have. So, fun and games with licensing. I'm sure we'll, we'll return to this another day, but I think we, we've done that one for now. Um, Adam. Hey, I've got a, a really on, Adam. licensing model for you, Stuart. Go for it. That we've done with iWildfire. <laughs> what a good opportunity. So, what's iWildfire and what's the licensing model? Well, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have heard already, but we've just released last week uh, iWildfire, which is the a native I, iOS app for IBM Connections. So, um, it's it's live now on the App Store. All you need to do is, is go to the App Store and search for iWildfire or search for IBM Connections or Lotus Connections and, and you should find it. Or you can go to the website, which is iwildfire.isw.com.au. And the licensing model is really simple because it's free. Wow, that sounds good. I, I, it's just amazing to me how much work you guys have done to this application, how polished it is, and yet you're putting it out there for free. So t- tell us, why have you done it? Well, I, look... I guess, you know, we, we certainly do have plans going forward. I mean, you know, we wanted to release something that had value. You know, a part of it, to be honest, is it's, you know, we've got competition against connections. And our clients were saying, well, we've, we can get native apps for, you know, other apps or other social software and we can't get it for connections. So there was part of that that we're like, well, hang on, maybe we can build one and, and put it out there and, and, and take that disadvantage away. Um, which has been great, and you know what? That's worked. We we had a uh, a client uh, a week ago, which is one of my nice June sales, and um, you know one of the key factors there was that their users were used to using a native iPhone app, and we were able to say, well, here you go, here's iWildfire. So it, it it helped us on that front. The other part of it is that we always, you know, we've got a bit of a philosophy of trying to contribute some stuff back, and so you know, as a lot of people know, ISW. Uh, the developer of Wildfire, which is on OpenNTF, which is, you know, it's 8.5 sidebar plugin for all your social networks. And so I guess it was a natural extension from that was to to, to move on to, you know, I had an iPhone, so I thought, what the hell, let's let's give it a crack. Um, as far as, you know, what, what we're sort of doing next, we're going to, you know, in, it's probably about a month or two away, we're releasing what we call iWildfire Pro. And, okay. you know, if you think that iWildfire is great, then, then you haven't seen anything yet. Like iWildfire Pro is just awesome. Um, and, you know, we'll have a, a humble charge for that. Um, so I guess, you know, iWildfire, it's out there. And it, in the first week, we've got people in 38 countries around the world using it. So that was pretty awesome. And, um, 
you know, if we can get a bit of success through that, you know, you never know, we might make a dollar out of the pro version. Excellent. So pick it, picking out a few of the highlights of the app, it connects to multiple connections installs, isn't it? So you can connect to Greenhouse, say, and your own install as well in your company. And it allows you to, you know, update your status and, and well, tell us some of the features you'd pick out that are important. Yeah, sure. Well, we've hooked into some of the features that we thought were most compelling to start with. So obviously you can get your updates from your from your network or you can discover all of the updates across your connections environment. Um, in, in line with, I guess, what we did with Wildfire, we wanted to be able to connect to multiple communities so you can set up the, I guess, the public communities like um, DeveloperWorks and, and um, Greenhouse and, and what have you. Um, and you just colour code them themselves. You can have multiple connect, connections environments yourself if you, if you have them. Um, then... You know, there's the profiles area, so you can go into profiles and you can see updates on your board. You can make comments to other people's boards. You can do status updates. You can respond to people's status updates. Um, I wanted to, to try and bring some of the other major features. So we've got um, bookmarks. Um, so, you know, all the bookmarks come down. You can, you can comment on bookmarks. You've got files. You can comment on files. You can mark files as favourites. And we've got blogs, so you can read blogs and you can comment on blogs. So, um, yeah, there's the, you know there's heaps there. And, and one of the great features in it is searching. So you can search all across that. Um, you can search against just keyword searching or you can search against the tag clouds as well. So it's it's pretty powerful. And I know that, the you know, iWildfire Pro, we're, we're trying to bring in um, all of the other features plus the ability to... I guess, edit. So we want people to be able to create bookmarks. We want people to be able to um, not only download and read files, but we want them to be able to edit and upload files. We want people to be able to create blogs and create blog entries. And then we want to go to some of the other features like activities, like wikis, um, like the discussion forums, and then ultimately the communities. So um, I guess our our aim for iWildfire Pro is to every single feature that the connections api can provide us we're going to try and leverage and, and provide that through the app so yeah you are a better man than me because i would have charged 2.99 and then retired and smoked hundreds in malta <laughs> yeah look uh, to be honest darren I, I i don't know yet i i honestly don't know whether we'll make much from the app i you know we've done it more as for research and a bit of fun and really to show our expertise and connections, you know, that, that's a big part of it is to, to say to the, you know, to our customers, you know, here we are, we are the experts in, in connections and, and we've proven that by the apps that we've built around it and the solutions that we can deliver for them. So, you know, there aren't that many connections people out there that can do that. So um, I think that's one of the reasons it's been a real differentiator and positioned us as, as experts, which we are. So, you know, it's been good. But, you know, maybe iWildfire Pro, we, you know, maybe we'll um, make a bit out of that. I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what the market opportunity is. People will pay money to throw birds at pigs. <laughs> <laughs> Very valid yeah. point. One of the things as well I'll add that we, we got some feedback yesterday of some features. And look, I, I'd say to everyone that's listening, if you've got ideas for iWildfire, please please send us a message um, and we'll, we'll try and do it. But, you know, a lot of people have commented that in one of the great things in Wildfire 
is the fact that you can hook into other social networks. So it supports Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and, and, and a whole range of them. And it, and it really made me think, you know, maybe we can add a lot more value to iWildfire as well to add those communities in to the one app as well. Does it get too crowded? I'm, I'm not sure. We'd have to really think about how to do that in a smart way. But that's something else that we're considering. Well, con congratulations. It's, it's a very impressive piece of code. Absolutely Thank right. You. And of course, we, we mentioned it at the top of the um, at the top of the podcast, but a big release this week. Although it was just released, it was just announced on a few blogs, like Louis Benitez and Matt Gadara, is the quicker connectors for Windows sixty four bit. Now, um, yeah, Darren, I know you've been waiting for this for a long while. I've had customers nagging me endlessly about the sixty four bit connectors, so it's terrific they're out there at last, isn't it? And it's not just Windows sixty four. It's also I forgot to mention Office twenty ten support as well. So what what do the connectors give you? Is it the same as they do on on other versions of Windows and and you know so on? Exactly the same. We have a couple of sixty four bit seven Windows seven machines sat around the office. So as soon as it came out, um, I walked over and did it. I've I've got a problem where my little taskbar smart icon the monitor is not showing up, but I think that's because Windows seven is a bit too smart for its own good and hides stuff that it shouldn't hide. Um, so I actually think it's a Windows problem, not a, a, a problem there. But we also have it. We also, I also tested it on Windows 7 64-bit with Office 2003, which is obviously 32-bit, and that that was fine as well. So, to me, it looks like a winner. It's it it, it it's got the Explorer, which was the thing missing. You've you've always been able to hack 64-bit support in the connectors, but you never had the Windows Explorer functionality, which a lot of people use to drag entire folders up to quicker. That bit is now that's in there. That's baked. Congratulations to Matt Gadera and the team. Absolutely. So they're available via Fix Central. We'll have a link to the um, to the blog post that announced those. Um, as I said to Matt Gadera, thank you so much for releasing these. I then took a breath and then said, how about the Mac connectors? <laughs> so um, their work is never done in the Quicker Connectors team. Hopefully the Mac uh, connectors will follow along relatively quickly. Certainly there's still a lot of users waiting for those. So, uh, so no rest for the wicked guys. Keep on working on the Mac ones. And also, um, the, the connectors for Windows 64 were actually also shipped early, like same time was shipped early. So hopefully this is a, a taste of things to come, IBM. We now expect everything at least a week to a quarter to half a year early. <laughs> Hard taskmasters we all are. And um, the, another, the other announcement this week uh, is, is one that I made this morning, just to let you all know. There's now going to be an IBM Connections user group, which uh, is going to meet for the first time on the 4th of July in London. Uh, hopefully we're looking to do some events every six months and we'll move them around. So certainly move them around the UK, but ideally take them into Europe and, and the US as well. Uh, so it's, the aim is to, is to make it into a worldwide user group for Connections. It's called Social Connections. Information is available at socialconnections.info. So do take a look if you want to uh, find out more about that we're very indebted for sure to the Salvation Army who are offering to host our first event at their international headquarters just near the Millennium Bridge in London so uh, anybody's interested in, in IBM connections Lotus connections or anything to do with social business software from IBM make sure you get along to that event and also from a personal point of view I want to thank Sharon Bellamy and also Stuart for setting this up because I know you guys have been working on this for quite a while 
Yeah, it's been it's been a few months in the making. Uh, I now have a huge amount of respect for you know Warren Ellsmore and uh, and you know Paul Mooney and all the others <laughs> who get involved in user groups. It's a lot of work, but um, but I, I certainly do think there's a need for a connections user group. Yeah, we we try to cover it in in some of the big national user groups, but I think it's it's a big topic in itself. I think there's a lot of information that needs to be shared around how to adopt social software, how to you know drag your, your culture of your organisation forward to to use some of this technology, and I think some of those topics um, you know we'll be able to discuss in that kind of environment and also make it very customer centric one of the aims is to have lots of customer case studies lots of customers hosting running and you know and delivering content at these sessions not just for it to be a business partner um, or IBM uh, sort of content centric event is to make it very much around the, the connections customers and prospective customers and get them to um, to have a, a big part in that. Okay, wonderful. Well, we're done with news this week. We're we're nearly at the hour. So why don't, Darren, you kick us off with our tips for this week? Um, So I'm a big Jon Stewart fan. I I watch The Daily Show, as most Americans do these days, to get their real news. (laughs) That's kind of sad, but true. And and on there, a couple of months ago, there was a guy called Edward L. Glasser. Um, I think he's a professor somewhere at one of these universities. And, And he has a very interesting book I've been reading that is linked to in the show notes, The Triumph of the City. How our greatest invention makes us richer, smarter, greener, healthier, and happier. And he, he, he explains why, if it wasn't for the city, the human race would be in, in dire straits. And I think it's an interesting read for all of the people that live in cities with smog and traffic, etc., etc., to have a read. And you, there's a couple of light bulb moments in there where you're like, huh, okay, that's kind of interesting. But it's a very, very interesting read. I'm, I'm really enjoying the book, and Lisa did as well. Excellent. Okay, we've got a link to that in the show notes. Is that to to Amazon, Darren? Uh, yeah, I think it's probably to the Amazon Kindle version, which is what I downloaded. So that's probably what the link goes to. Excellent. Wonderful. Thank you for that. And Gab, do you have a tip for us? Um, I have a tip. I'll tell you. Um, I'll give you the same time. Because my life has all been the same time for the last week. Okay. So those of you who are interested in the new mobile, um, same time for the BlackBerry client, it can be things for the new Android chat client. That is a separate install. You need to go and find that, extract it, and actually copy it into place on the server. I've had several people email me asking where it is. I'm going to be looking for it. It's a separate download, and it has to be manually placed on the server by copies of files. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you for that, Gab. We'll make sure that's in the show notes as well. Adam, what's your tip? Sure, I was just going to give a plug for um, a browser plugin called Xmarks, which enables you to synchronize your browser bookmarks across multiple computers or devices or, or even like multiple VMs. I find it really handy working in different VMs all the time for different clients, but I have my bookmarks synchronized across them all in different browsers, and you never have to worry about adding bookmarks because they all get synced. So it's a, it's a pretty cool little app, and... Um, Check it out. Adam's real tip was going to be make Fix Central your homepage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And my my tip for this week is an app for the Mac. It's um, a 
a photo and picture editing um, suite called Pixelmator. So I, I very much think of it as kind of Photoshop Lite. I know Photoshop or Adobe have their product Photoshop elements, but um, Pixelmator is only $17.99 in pounds in the App Store. It must be about $25, something like that. Um, and it's just terrific. You can download it from the App Store. Uh, it works really, really well. Um, you know, it deals with layers. Uh, it, it does everything that Photoshop, well, that I use Photoshop for, which I'm sure is pretty basic stuff, but certainly all the editing that I need to do for the blogs and some of the websites we look after, I can do in Pixelmator. It's just lovely to use. So if you're interested, pixelmator.com or else you can download it from the App Store too. So that's us done for this week. I hope you've all enjoyed the content we shared so far. Let's go around the table one more time. How do people get hold of you, Darren? blog.darrenduke.net although after the last Ferrari I missed on <laughs> blogging permanently these days um, and then on Twitter Darren Duke all one word for my 140 character rants usually against Delta these days <laughs> terrific thank you and Gabriella how do people find you? Um, uh, Twitter as Gab Turtle on Twitter my blog is blog.turtleword.com um, or my email which is gabriella.turtleword.com Excellent. And you enjoy your weekend or your trip to uh, to the Isle of Wight? Yeah, it's, it's the way the whole stuff. If it's ready, you can all laugh at the other three camping in a wet, muddy field. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look forward to hearing more about it when you return. And Adam, how do people find you? Sure. Twitter is Adam Brown AUS, and my blog is uh, www.collaborationblueprint.com. And my email is just abrown at iswu.net.au. Excellent. Well, thanks for staying up late to be with us today. A really, no really worries. good speech to you. And thank you again for iWildfire. Tremendous app. No and I am Stuart McIntyre. I'm on Twitter at Stuart McIntyre. And the uh, company website is um, collaborationmatters.com. Just a reminder that the uh, user group is at uh, socialconnections.info. Well, thank you very much for listening, everybody. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'll be back next week as usual. This was This Week in Lotus. Bye. All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer.